Welcome to Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast, hosted by Sarah Wegman and Audra Emerson. At Her Next Play, our mission is to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. Sports build powerful leadership skills, and female athletes have enormous leadership and career potential. In our Power Chat Podcast, we talk to inspiring women leaders about sports, leadership, and careers. Well, welcome to the Power Chat Podcast. Today, we're excited to have Christina Vandenberg on as our guest. Christina graduated with honors from Harvard, where she played four years of Division I women's soccer. After battling injury and losing streaks in her first two seasons, she came back to lead her team in goals, be named Harvard's Breakout Female Athlete of the Year, and help her team win the Ivy League title junior and senior year. While completing her MBA at Stanford, she served as a graduate student mentor for Stanford varsity athletes and an Arbuckle Leadership Fellow for first-year MBAs. As a former college athlete turned tech entrepreneur, she is passionate about improving the health and wellness of student athletes. Leveraging her 10 years in tech, she co-founded MyHuddle, a tech-enabled sports psychology service designed for student athletes. She's on a mission to make mental support accessible to every student athlete. Christina, welcome to the Power Chat Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you on today. So I want to just start by talking about your sports experience. So you started playing soccer at age five and then went on to be recruited by Harvard to play Division I soccer. How did you fall in love with soccer? <laughs> uh, that's a great first question and, and something I'm passionate about. Um, well, I was grateful to have an older sister who I guess was very high energy. And so my parents put her into soccer when she was younger. And as a young girl, I went, I was dragged along to all of her soccer matches. And I think right from the start, I just fell in love with the game and seeing my sister play and meeting her teammates. So I, yeah, at, you know, once I turned age five, my parents were saying, okay, she's ready for, for rec league soccer. And, you know, I was a pretty shy girl um, growing up and not too talkative. And so the soccer field became the place where I came alive. You know, I loved sprinting for balls and going in for tackles. And it's almost like I tapped into this other side of my personality through the sport and really grateful for that, that experience and getting to learn about myself through the, through the game. Yeah, well, I can totally relate to your experience. I was a soccer player growing up too. I was also shy and quiet and something about being on the field just again, tapped in like you to a totally different side of me. And I'm so grateful for sports and kind of how that developed um, that part of my personality. So I wanted to talk, I read that your coach at Harvard said about you, her off season didn't take place in a training facility or on a soccer field. It was all inside her head but boy, did it show on the field. So can you tell me a little bit more about what he meant by that? Yeah, that, that, um, I love that quote and, and there's a great backstory to it. So, you know, fast forward from my rec days to, to college, I had the opportunity, which I had never dreamed I'd be able to get um, to play at Harvard and play D1 soccer. And I had come in as a, a top high school recruit and freshman year entered thinking, okay, I'm going to score all the goals and be this dynamic forward on the team and you know reality hit and our team lost most of the games that season there was a coaching change I personally didn't score a single goal freshman year and that's pretty bad for a forward um and you know it 
fast forward then again to junior year, which is when that quote is taken. And that was the quote from um, the announcement that I won breakout female athlete of the year for all of Harvard female athletes, which was an incredible honor. And what that article speaks to is the fact that it, it wasn't the training that I did on the field um, between freshman and junior year. The difference maker was really my mental game and the confidence that I had going into junior year. And that confidence came from, you know, after being failing, you know, fail, going through failure freshman and sophomore year and, and, and being able to be resilient and getting picked up by my teammates. I'm also working with a, a coach myself during the summer before my junior year who instilled that self-confidence in me again. And it was the difference maker for me, the ability to say, okay, I, I'm in front of the goal. I am going to take a shot. I'm not going to pass the ball. And I feel incredibly um, blessed that it did manifest on the field. And that's what brought me to this desire to make mental coaching accessible to all student athletes. And were you able to work with a sports psychologist during that time? Or did you like more through coaches and um, kind of your own focus on mental skills? Is that kind of what brought you that, that confidence? It's also the inspiration behind the business that I'm building my huddle is that no, as a student athlete, I never worked one-on-one -on -one with a sports psychology coach. And I think that my experiences growing up as a student athlete with sports psychology um, were ones that a lot of student athletes face today, which is it, you're not sure what it is. Um, you might maybe have some negative experiences with it or misconceptions about it, what it is. And so, you know, I spent so much time working on my physical health and training and skills as an athlete, and I never really sat down to actively train the mental side of being a student athlete. And as a result, it, it took me all the way to junior, <laughs> junior year of college to really figure out some of those tips and tricks and proven methods that could work for me in helping me you know, perform at my best on the field, but also you know, feel great off the field too. And so that's part of our mission to make mental health treated just like physical health for student athletes and make it accessible to every student athlete, you know, right at their fingertips. Great. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about my huddle in a second, but I wanted to quickly wrap up your experience as a student athlete talking about pressure. So in your bio, you talked about just how the amount of pressure student athletes feel and can be under, it can be really overwhelming. And that's obviously gotten even worse during the pandemic. But can you talk about your experience with that pressure and how you um, tried to deal with that and then kind of what you see as student athletes um, face a lot of different pressures academically, socially, on the field as college athletics has just gotten um, more and more intense. Mm, yeah, that's a great topic and a lot to unpack there. I mean, I think that if you, you know, if you look at my bio, it might look like, you know, that, oh, each milestone she was able to achieve. And the reality is that behind behind my story are those stories of dealing with pressure, are those stories of feeling anxious and feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And we know that there was a NCAA study that showed that one in three student athletes today feel overwhelmed constantly or most every day. And as I've talked to more student athletes, I know that that's anecdotally also the case. And, you know, we, on the outside, athletes are really good at looking tough and, and hiding that. In fact, student athletes are uh, more likely than their peers to uh, not seek out help. 
Um, but we know that they're also equally as likely to experience mental health challenges and dealing with the specific pressures of being a student athlete, everything from you know, younger and, and dealing with pressure from coaches and parents or in high school dealing with the pressures to get recruited um, to college dealing with that transition and then the added layer of now you're, you're competing at a whole different level and have demanding coursework to transitioning out of sport even and bringing that different host of pressures. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of focus in the media around glorifying athletes and talking about successes and wins, but I think we need to look under and, and, and look deeper and, and look at the unique pressures and demands that athletes face that I definitely experienced myself. Um, and I, I know that from my own experience and, and through the research and talking to student athletes. So that pressure is super real and um, on a mission to make that type of support to help athletes confront that pressure more available. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. At her next play, as we talk to coaches at all different levels, both the sort of mental health focus and just helping athletes deal with all these different pressures that they're facing um, are really some of the key things that, that continue to come up. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about my huddle. So how did you come to start my huddle and what is it all about? Yeah, well, my huddle is, as I said, we're on a mission to make mental coaching accessible to student athletes at their fingertips. It's certainly inspired by my own experience as a student athlete and seeing that there's barriers today for student athletes to get access to working with someone like a sports psychology professional or mental performance coach, uh, namely time barriers. Athletes are overscheduled, really busy. So how can we meet them right where they are, which is right on their mobile device? Uh, cost barriers, um, it oftentimes can be really cost prohibitive to work with someone. Um, and so our service is working to make it accessible to all and reduce the cost by 50%. Um, and then stigma and, and misunderstanding again around what it really work, means to work on your mental performance and mental game as, as a student athlete. And so my huddle is an online platform uh, where student athletes can uh, work with a My Huddle coach via text and video chat right from the comfort of their phone and, and uh, on their own time. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, we started really at uh, really full time. I started on this at the start of COVID. Um, it's an idea that I've had for several years now, but as I saw rates of mental health concerns in athletes increasing two times with for good reason during COVID and sports cancellations, I knew that I had to jump into this and make this my full-time endeavor uh, to bring this, this vision to life. Um, and tapping into my experience from, you know, really my career experience has been for the past 10 years in the tech world and seeing the way that technology can expand access to services and democratize things that previously were unattainable and trying to bring that to the world of, of sports psychology and mental performance coaching and, and specifically designing a service for the unique needs of student athletes. And so how has COVID impacted your growth and kind of how you approach the market? Yeah, well, with COVID, um, you know, we are seeing that some of the top challenges for athletes are one, staying motivated, um, a sense of loss of identity and a lot, a lot of times sports were their outlet, right? And, and their teammates. And so 
how do they still have that type of connection? Um, and, you know, feelings of how do I deal with this uncertainty and ambiguity in this time? And so if anything, I think COVID has increased the need uh, for it. And at the same time, mental skills are still something that athletes can work on, even if they can't work on their, you know, go to practices with a team or go to go to games. And so trying to build that foundation for student athletes now and giving them something that they can feel good about working on um, during this time. And so on one hand, you know, it, it I think COVID has highlighted the need and also the appetite for student athletes to be working with professionals um, virtually. Um, but, and, and, you know, now every kid has a Zoom account and, and um, is, is used to that. But at the same time, I think that as sports do uh, pick back up, it will give that added incentive of, okay, now I'm working with a mental coach and I can apply it directly to my game or practice or season or, you know, now I'm not on Zoom all day. And so I, I'm open to right. meeting someone on Zoom. So, you know, I think that COVID for me personally, definitely highlighted, we need to do this and, and remains to be seen kind of how the impacts uh, to youth sports in general of, of COVID will play out. I know there's, I'm concerned about just, you know, access to sport has been been um, challenging through COVID and what are going to be the lingering impacts of that around youth participation in sports. And it's, it's highlighted even more this, you know, pay for play model. And so, um, you know, outside of my huddle directly, just being involved and making sure that, you know, sports access um, remains something and um, that, that is accessible to, to, to youth. And, and, you know, knowing that I've learned so much through sports and that I wanna continue making sports accessible. Great. And so what's interesting is I think, you know, everyone understands the value of practice. You know, people have really come around to understand the value of strength and conditioning and obviously, you know, technical skills, but there still seems to be a lot of resistance or just not necessarily the same openness or commitment to developing a strong mental mindset and all these mental skills. And I know at Her Next Play, we're so passionate about the value of those mental skills, because that's something that is going to help you as a leader, it's going to help you in your career, it's going to help you throughout your entire life, you know, when your, your days of playing sports, um, wind down. So what do you think, you know, the world needs in terms of how do we get people to come to understand the importance of, of mental skills? That's a great question. And something I, I spend a lot of time thinking about because, um, you know, I, I recognize that I'm relatively new to this space as well. And I'm, I'm coming at it as an outsider and so my education and learning about it, I want to bring that to other people in the community. And I think it is a really interesting trend as we look at um, strength and conditioning, as you mentioned, which is so embedded and a part of student athletes' everyday routine now. But you know, decades ago, that was not the case. And I, I think that there's there is a wave of understanding that um, mental health and 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 treating mental health like physical health um, is is important. You know we're seeing that celebrity athletes are coming out and talking about it and being great spokes, spokespeople for uh, this topic. Um, the NCAA has made mental health its number one priority. Um, and so we're seeing that colleges are increasingly investing in sports psychology teams. Um, so I really think that there, we're on the cusp of kind of an awakening around people accepting and realizing. But I think that you know, the best way that people can really understand it is 
through experiencing it themselves and, and having a positive experience with it and or, you know, knowing that their teammates have used it and have had a positive experience. And so at my huddle, we, we really focus a lot on highlighting our customer stories and testimonials um, and bringing data to the forefront of this too. You know, I, having spent my, most of my career in tech, I, I really care about data-driven results and how can we um, use data to, to show the effectiveness of, of working on your mental game and, and provide that missing link of, of how you know, working on some of those mental skills connect to performance or connect to how you feel uh, on and off the field. And I think, I mean, it's, it's hard to prove that that's why it hasn't been done before. Um, because it's it's not like a muscle that you can see get stronger and bigger and you can lift more weights, but it's an exciting challenge for our team to tackle and bringing those data insights to life. Um, and, you know, as we also try to build a community of people who will help demystify and destigmatize uh, mental training in in athletics. Great. So um, I want to kind of pivot back to you a little bit. Um, you've worked in both tech and now in tech sports or sports tech, um, both male dominated industries. What has it been like for you um, as a woman in male dominated industries? And then what are some of the skills that you learned as an athlete that help you in your role at my huddle? Yeah, those definitely are male dominated industries. And I, I mean, sports as well, um, sports, sports, tech, uh, consulting, um, a lot of the industries that I've been in. And I mean, maybe if anything, like sports taught me to be comfortable with that. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, and be able to be confident in those rooms and in those settings where I might be the only female in the room or the youngest member in the room. And so i I, I find actually that sometimes I look forward to those challenges and, and want to prove people wrong and prove misconceptions wrong. And I, I will say that being in entrepreneurship now, that I've been amazed at the women that I meet who are female entrepreneurs. And um, I found that there's also an asset to being a female entrepreneur because women are so good at connecting and helping one another. And um, that has been incredible to see. So while I think a lot of the conversation can often be around, oh, how it can hurt you or be negative, I've seen a lot of positives to it as well, because I think there's this new wave of female entrepreneurs and founders who are who really understand that it's about you know pulling one another up along the way, and 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 that's something that I definitely want to do as well, and in my career because I've been so grateful for uh, mentors who have helped me along the way. Um, and then your second question was around what I've learned. Can you remind so what, me? What your experience as an athlete, how that has helped you in your work at my huddle as a leader? Oh, wow. Yeah, so much to cover here. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I would not be who I am today um, you know, as a person and certainly as a leader without my experience in sports. Um, I, I think that, you know, as I think about leadership, it's about um, motivating and be able to inspire others. And for me, I learned probably the most about leadership in my college years as a student athlete, where I really saw the power of a team to accomplish an amazing goal. And, you know, if I'd been at that, you know, been an athlete by myself, I would never have accomplished what our team did. And we were not the most talented team on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but we wanted to, to win the Ivy League more than 
anything else. And it was really that we picked each other up um, through that time because we went through two coaching transitions. And um, yeah, I, I really believe in the power of the team. And, and so I think in different facets of my life, I've, I've tried to create you know, high-performing teams, teams that support each other, whether in college that was creating sister groups that were mentor groups for um, across years to in my first job out of school, creating um, pods of different business analysts that could support one another to you know, now even seeing that, well, I know I can't achieve our mission alone. Um, and so one of the first things I did was bring on a team of college student athlete interns who can work with me and who I wanna help grow, uh, grow their professional development. They bring incredible ideas and energy to the table and, and feeding off of each other. And so I think that that's, that's really core to my leadership style. And I've learned that through sports and it's, you know, I, I know that I really thrive in, in team environments. And so um, always wanna make sure that that's a, a strong tenant of, of the working environments that I'm in. That really resonates with me too. I have the exact same experience also with interns and, you know, entry-level young leaders that we have on the Her Next Play team. I feel like I learn so much from them every day and it's amazing how early they are in their career and what they can do. I mean, they have great ideas. They know social media and all the kind of the technology in um, incredible ways. So it's really fun to be part of that. So just to wrap up, what are your plans for my huddle in 2021 and how can athletes and coaches learn more? Yeah, well, we got some big plans for 2021. I'm very excited. You know, we, um, at, in 2020, we launched our one-on-one coaching service. So student athletes can go on today uh, on our website, sign up in three easy steps and get matched to my huddle coach and work with them one-on-one via text and video chat. And you know, continuing to grow that program and see, see the impact that it can have with student athletes. Um, and then now in 2021, we're also focused on expanding partnerships with schools and teams. So recognizing that not every athlete might be ready right away to work one-on-one with a coach. And again, with our mission of expanding access, how can we work with um, an entire team or a high school athletic department Um, to provide, um, you know, introduction into, again, mental training, mental performance, um, and and start talking about some of these mental health topics uh, for student athletes as well. So we're working on a few partnerships right now um, with with several high schools and really excited to to grow that and see where where it goes. Um, Otherwise, just, um, yeah, continuing to focus on showing the impact that we can have as well and building out our technology. Okay, I have some rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap up. Who is your favorite women athlete? Megan Rapino. right now. I loved watching her in the Women's World Cup. I love what she's doing for the game um, and being an advocate. And I mean, the entire US women's national team I think is just such phenomenal role models for young athletes today, um, just showing how they support each other, one, one another off, on and off the field, um, talking about female empowerment, you know, equity, pay equity. And so I'm really inspired by them and, and particularly Megan Rapinoe with how articulate she is and um, just the role model that um, she is in, in our world. What is the best sporting event you've ever attended live? 
my the first date, one of the first dates that my husband and I went to was the U.S. Open um, in New York with Serena in the finals. And so that was very special one because it was so early in our relationship, but also to see Serena play. Um, and and you know, it's a pretty intimate environment and just to see these badass strong women just crushing the tennis ball um was was really phenomenal so that that definitely was a highlight what's the last book you read um well uh i recently read and it's one of my favorite books um it's been out for some time but um shoe dog by phil knight it's about his founding of of nike and i found it you know, incredible um, entrepreneurial story just to hear the actual true story around what it was to found Nike and all the pitfalls and mistakes that they made along the way. So I really resonated with that. That was great to hear because now when you think of Nike now, you think of just the behemoth and, you know, everything that they're doing. So I really recommend that book. I actually gave it as a gift to um, my college student athlete interns <laughs> this holiday. And then last show that you have been binge watched. Oh, yes. Uh, so many during COVID. Um, but one that I particularly have enjoyed is Working Moms on, on Netflix. It's, uh, it's pretty hilarious and, and uh, you know, speaks to women and, you know, business and trying to raise a family. And so, you know, I've, I've just enjoyed that one. Oh, good. I have to check that one out. It sounds great. And finally, who is a woman who is inspiring you right now? Um, right now, I'm definitely inspired by my mom. Um, she is, you know, over 70 years old and, and so in a high risk category for COVID. And I've been so impressed with just how she's handled everything. She's still so busy and she's been able to keep up her, um, some of the classes that she's doing that she's now doing online. Um, and just being, you know, she's really intentional with her time and um, I would say one of the best socially adjusted person I've, I've seen through COVID and that's, you know, that's hard to do. And, and she hasn't been able to see friends. She's been quite quarantined. And so she's, she's inspiring me um, through this time. Christina, thank you for being on the Power Chat podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Her Next Play Power Chat podcast. We hope you've been inspired to become part of our community and join us in our mission to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. You can help support us by heading to our website at www.hernextplay.org to join our booster club as a donor or a volunteer. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Next Play to learn more about our programs and upcoming events. We'll be back soon for the next Power Chat.